0: So in a way where you're able to funnel in, in one channel, for example, your support tickets, the things that are generating from the sales call, have, your, have it connect to your CRM. So just centralize the information that's coming, that's being generated by your business from the start. Exactly. Have a way to be able to get an overview of this. You can use some AI as well on top of this to summarize mm-hmm. what's coming up. So there's ways to like use integrations and use ways to have like your departments, your teams funnel up the information can be an easy way just to keep an eye out on on signals see the patterns maybe i should be assigning resources to look into this it's been happening a lot this problematic this issue mm. that we're seeing like maybe we should look into this or maybe we should dig in that patterns for customers yeah.
1: Welcome to Super Entrepreneur's Podcast. I'm your host, Shahid Durrani. Today we have with us Etienne Garbougli. Etienne Helps entrepreneurs and innovators use customer insights to build and grow business. He's a three-time startup founder, a five-time entrepreneur, and a customer research expert. Welcome to our show, Adia. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. pleasure is all mine. I appreciate your time today. Can you elaborate a little bit more about what you do and how you help entrepreneurs?
0: I still have a background in customer research and user research. And yeah. I've had the interesting desire to start businesses in technology. So mm-hmm. I've gone through a few of the processes and I figured out that I really wanted to better understand how to specifically build a business in B2B. So in, uh, in let's say 10 years ago, essentially, I spent a full year researching B2B customer development to learn how to build effectively uh, companies that sell to other businesses, So ever since, I've been working with different types of business owners, different entrepreneurs, help them understand a little bit how to validate their products and make sure that they are able to build the right product for their audience and they're getting uh, traction on the market.
1: Mm. So what steps do you take to determine that the product is right for the customer? So usually it will be about understanding
0: the, the needs within the organizations, figuring out what the pain points are to make sure that you're building on an actual need, as opposed to building on maybe sometimes just ideas that may not really yeah. represent the reality inside organizations. There's yeah. It's part of my observations and my own situation, my own experiences, seeing entrepreneurs that are building complex technology for organizations and then fail to find the appropriate level of traction in the market. And unfortunately, Mm -hmm. that's a case that happens too often.
1: Yeah. You definitely have experienced in the growth stage of startups. Can you share some common mistakes entrepreneurs make trying to pinpoint their best customer segments or finding those targets?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I see this as a, it's a little bit of a continuous refining model. So even Uh if you're looking at even earlier than that, as you are launching a new product, for example, you may you may be able to get a bunch of different customers that are in different segments, different industries. And then one mistake that entrepreneurs often make is they'll be listening to the feedback of customers that have that are very different in terms of their behaviors in terms of their needs. And that leads to building a product that doesn't necessarily have the distinctive advantage to really, really get adopted in the market. And I help companies figure out what are these slices within their audience that are the most prone to help them build a sustainable business. And I do this initially with the companies that are early stage, but I do it as well with companies that have reached product market fit and are ready to accelerate. Uh, because at, that, that, at those moments, it's, it becomes critically important to put all your investment in a, a target that you can actually scale and get more customers. For example, if you're In your organization, you're targeting entrepreneurs specifically, or you're working with entrepreneurs, it makes sense to, not spread yourself too thin by targeting too many different, um, different segments, different types of audiences, because it, it muddies a little bit, the, the targeting, and it doesn't allow you to accelerate with your acquisition strategy as as
1: effectively as you could. And can you share some of the top industries that people should be looking looking at for the next five years. I wish I knew if to create completely on that front. I do yeah. think there's gonna be
0: obviously we're all hearing a lot about AI and now that's very yeah. exciting. I it does feel like or my running assumption and, and assumptions from people that I have speak to often, especially mm-hmm. in B2B, is that it will become more about more specific industry specific data sets. That you can build on for example working in one specific industry acquiring information about that industry and then training a model based on the specifics of that industry it also seems like there might be really big opportunities in terms of everything that's vision computer vision things that are more industrial i think it's still going to be a big big part of the growth and i can see a lot of other industries that are accelerating
1: can you elaborate on computer vision
0: Yeah, so there's more and more uh, systems that rely on uh, using video signals for analysis and to to get more data or get more conclusion, conclusive evidence based on video, for example, uh, you can see it applied in sports where they will have analysis of analysis systems on the performance of the athletes. Uh, You can see it as well in productivity. Like having cameras positioned in
1: different locations to see what's happening. Yeah, and using the video signals to, Data. to do mm-hmm. analysis. Yeah, exactly. Okay, very good. I had a guest on the show. He was talking about eye tracking, right? Consumers' behavior in stores yeah. and tracking their eyes, where they're moving towards before they make a purchasing decision or on a website, for example, yeah. where they're looking the the heat spots.
0: On yeah. the site, right? Yeah. 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 Just in that direction as well, there's other exciting innovations. I think last year there was eye vision correction in, in video conferencing calls, like we're on right now. So just be able to, you can also analyze people's body language through computer vision. So there's a lot of exciting technologies that
1: will just unlock other exciting technologies. So there are there are some studies on body language to see whether uh, a customer is in high intent to purchase something or not that you're offering them.
0: That's not what I do specifically, but I can I work with organizations that are in uh, deep techs, for example, and that will use that kind of signal to to their work. Right now, I'm working with a company that's in the learning space in in virtual reality. So they do use some of these signals to help train people in their sector. It's a little bit the type of. Organizations that I tend to help is companies that are in deep tech, for example, that have a a very innovative products that could work for different industries and could help different type of customers. Help them then sort that out
1: a little bit. Cool. You having launched multiple startups in your career. What are the key areas that you found that are most important for any startup to? focus on initially there's some that come to mind right away i want to hear from your experience specific yeah. experience what would you recommend someone that's going to launch a startup that they should really really focus on
0: yeah so i see the early stage a little bit as two aspects that are very critical so one is making sure that you can sustain yourself long enough until you find something that actually it's that actually works And the other part is focusing on a concept that they call the product market fit which is the that you're building something that is valuable for a certain segment of customers so it's about focusing your energies on the things that will help you get a foothold on a market so you can actually start delivering values to customers like basically testing yes i think one good way to approach this and as you probably see with some of the entrepreneurs you work with oftentimes people have different ideas And it can be a good idea to try to test different alternatives or different versions with different audience to find the right, the right starting idea that connects with an audience that you can actually grow from there moving forward. So different ideas have different potential. So it can make, can be a good idea early on to make sure that you're latching on the most promising opportunity for your business.
1: That's a really important recommendation and and a point there because a lot of us just jump in Uh, without that type of research.
0: Yeah, and in that case, oftentimes there's studies saying that I think 93% of businesses pivot, especially in the tech sector. So that kind of is the outcome of that to some extent where people start in one field and then they realize, oh, it's a little bit more promising and if we change this a little bit, and then they, they navigate their way to finding the right the right configuration for their business. But oftentimes, some of this time is cutting into your ability to keep going with the business. So it's, it, there's some
1: challenges in
0: that that mm-hmm. cash flow management
1: as well. Yeah. Are you also involved in opportunities where you jump on an idea and work with them, like as a, as going in as a partner? Uh, so I have services that can help
0: be a, a partner for the organizations. But as far as mm-hmm. jumping in an organization... It's as it depends on the opportunity and the the passion and the the fit and everything in that that space, because I
1: do have my consulting going at the same time. The book that you wrote, Lean B2B, can you share something from that book that has helped someone create incredible growth for themselves? Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. Uh, So one of the, so so one one thing that's a little tricky with books is you can't always connect to people that have used it but one good great story i believe i think you're in toronto if i'm not mistaken yes based on yes. Toronto. yes there's a great company in toronto called lupio and i believe now they're closing in on like a billion dollar company essentially and they i've uh, used my methodology to start their, their company initially where they i've uh, actually applied the methodology for the research to to understand the the specific pain point that they were hoping to go after was looking inside organizations and they use the methodology to be able to iterate and, and find the right product to be able to uh, go to market. So that's one example. I have uh, incubators, accelerators using the methodologies. I have other types of businesses as well using the methodology. I think the greatest benefit of the book, for example, is just to lay, this, the, lay the process in a sequential or, or structured manner. So people can understand, like, am I editing in the right direction or should I be changing things a little bit? which is a little bit difficult to get in some situations.
1: It's important too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Your time management hacks got massive attention. Can you share any tip that is not that commonly known that could really help entrepreneurs or entrepreneurs that are looking to up their productivity game?
0: Yeah, I could. I'm definitely not specifically a time management expert, so it was an interesting experience to get some yeah, a, a massive amount of visibility on that space specifically. I think okay. one thing that's very useful that I try to do as well is separating the part that's more thinking and the part that's execution. So structured my days in a way that, that I use my best thinking time to do some strategy work of some, some definition work, and then try to separate and work in sprints so where I actually do manage to all my head in, in this, but also all my energy in the when there's a time to execute on the different uh, projects. Just the fact that sometimes when you're working and you're combining thinking and doing like you end up oftentimes procrastinating or you end up in a situation mm-hmm. where you can get stuck in a cycle. Overthinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I do like the idea of like separating the two and I don't see a ton of people doing good that, but that, that was one of good advice that I got from some, someone, a teacher ad a while back.
1: It's managing your activities at the end of the day. I believe it was yeah. Napoleon Hill that used to say that you can't really manage time you manage activities, and that's what you're explaining. And that's a really good point you have there. And I'll get caught up in the overthinking when you need to be productive because yeah. I used to suffer from that major. It was one of the characteristics holding me back in a big way because I would think, and I thought I was being productive by thinking to come up with a plan, but I would slaughter that plan because I would just keep repeating Yeah. Do a little bit. And then uh, while I was doing, I would still be repeating different scenarios. So uh, my energy wasn't in the work and I wasn't really focused. I wasn't present. The quality suffers too. But I like what you said is that you keep a separate time for the thinking. And then when you're working, you just know that time I'm not. Even if a thought comes, okay, we'll do that after. We'll look at that after. (laughs) (laughs) And I think
0: that ties really well into
1: like energy management. Which, yes. Yeah, huge part for energy management. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Because hmm. it's a fine line as well, like thinking that you don't need uh, to have the, this specific thinking time and or you don't need that focused uh, time. But the reality is like they're both critical parts. It's just that the way you structure them can have a good benefit in terms of your ability to
1: perform well in both. Hmm. So what inspired you to write so many books? So the... F- First
0: one lean B two B was that I was in a situation where I had a startup that didn't work out, and I I just finished it and I was like I don't know exactly why it fully f- failed so I needed to f- figure it out so that that's why I spent a year researching it and I I ended up writing a book based on that uh, the other ones are based in problems that I've I've noticed working with organizations so so my book solving product for example. Uh, is about how you actually uh, get above these these growth ceilings where you end up in a situation where, okay, the business is doing good, but how do you get to that that next stage? So that was the the main idea behind it. And Find Your Market is a book where I see a lot of companies that have successful innovation, successful products, but they end up in a situation where they don't get enough demand in the sector that they're targeting. And it's how do you actually reposition your product in a way to find the most appropriate targets for your your product or your business.
1: So can you share some tips of of what an entrepreneur can do when things are going well, but they need to go to the next stage? What steps could they take to make a change in their business?
0: Yeah, yeah. So I think it's, it's so one, one of the core ideas behind it is that When we talk about, for example, like exponential growth or like this massive, like hockey stick, if we look at it from a Canadian perspective. So that is actually a lot of tiny improvements that just compound. So it's not Mm -hmm. like one big thing that you do and that keeps going. So it's about feeding that, that continuous improvement wheel where it gets to a point where all the improvements compound to that part of the the thinking around there is figure out like be able to identify the specific place where you, that, that specific element in your business model that's holding you back so there's diagnostic tools there where you look at uh, your assumptions things that you have about your business that versus the things that you don't know and then from there how do you actually uncover the information to unlock this so one good thing that i've seen a lot of businesses do and i've done with a lot of businesses as well is to always try to understand the, 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 the journey for people to become customers in your organization, because that's often telling you about how you can actually accelerate that journey, for example. So if you know that people, uh, your product is especially useful when people are buying a new car, uh, you can dig into like, the, the process of buying new cars to find a context where, where you can uh, find new customers mm-hmm. for this.
1: Yeah, it's, it's being creative. There's right. a part the of
0: creativity, yeah, for sure. It, yes, it's, yeah. it's creative yeah. and also being resourceful
1: to connect the things resourceful, together. Resourceful, yeah. And yeah. you're definitely a pro at customer research. Now, I'd say, for example, there's an extremely busy entrepreneur. Uh, he's, he's wearing different hats, but he wants to research the customer. He wants to make changes. He wants to, to learn more of how he can improve his business. Yeah, What steps could someone like that take to gather the customer research with a limitation on time that they could simplify their world and initiate immediately to gain that kind of research about their customers?
0: I think one good way, if
1: you have concerns in
0: terms of the the amount of time you have to do this, I think it's to to make this continuous. So in a way where you're able to funnel in in one channel, for example, your support tickets, the things that are generating from the sales call, have have it connect to your CRM. So just centralize the information that's coming, that's being generated by your business from the start, exactly. So you have support tickets that are coming in, have a way to be able to get an overview of this. You can run, use some AI as well on top of this to summarize Mm -hmm. what's coming up. So there's ways to like use integrations and use ways to have like your departments, your teams, funnel up the information. So you can have I think it's Sachin Nureki was an, uh, a great entrepreneur. He mm. was talking about I think the name he was using for this is having that 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 river, like the feedback river that's coming mm. up in, in your channels. And that can be an easy way just to keep an eye out on on signals, see the patterns, see things, you won't have the same level of depth. But it, it gives you a sense of I maybe I should be assigning resources to look into this. This is it's been happening a lot this problematic this issue mm. that we're seeing. Like maybe we should look into this or maybe we should dig in that patterns for customers. So Mm -hmm. there's ways to centralize that information.
1: Yeah, Ithien is a great point. I interviewed guests on the show before that created such programs using AI that grabs all the information from every area of the business and actually gives them triggers when something is off. So they get a a snapshot, a weekly or daily snapshot of their business takes them a millisecond or a second just to find out. Boom, they get in my email or they look at their dashboard. They know exactly what is going on that day with all their information. And that's gold. That's yeah, the data. Yeah. I think yeah. the part of the concern is especially when the business is successful, is
0: to miss the signals sometimes when there's things that are not going as well or things are changing mm-hmm. in the market. So it's good yeah. to have some kind of way to spot yeah. check or, or be able to yeah. test
1: your, your assumptions yeah ai is going to help tremendously with that yeah 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 i, yeah, I believe so yeah, yeah oh man it was great talking to you can you share what you feel your innermost superpower is that got you to this point in your life
0: i i think uh, myself in this situation i think i am very good at uh learning so con- continuous learning and uh, as a result of that and my fascination and curiosity with this stuff I try to teach the same thing to our organization, try to transfer Good. some of that curiosity about their customers or their business, yeah. how they fit in the markets. So you read a lot of books? I read a lot of books, I read a lot of articles, I listen to a lot of different things. I listen to episodes from great podcasters like yourself. I am constantly Thank trying you. to I'm constant, constantly trying to learn and keep that learning mindset. So bookwise, how many books do you read a month? A month, I'd say two a month, but that depends on, I, I try to take the time to, to fully read the, the content of the book, but I'm always also reading other supportive stuff yeah. or I read the to two
1: Yeah. To implement. You, what you read is you implement. You don't just read it consciously, become aware of that information. You take some key points and then you implement it in your life.
0: Yeah, there's a great quote about uh, for authors. It's, uh, a book is made of books. Yes. Uh, so so yes. a great book is made of of books. So essentially, it, yeah. it's part of feeding your learning, and it's also yeah. you build on the the work yeah. of others. Yeah,
1: that's a real secret behind your books.
0: I'd say that's one Thanks. of the <laughs> secrets. But yes,
1: <laughs> yeah. thank you, thank you. Yeah, appreciate your time today, my friend. Keep in touch. It was great meeting you. Great to learn more about what you're doing and how you're helping entrepreneurs and startups. We know we all need the help, and that's why we're here. So. Appreciate your time today. Awesome. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Thank you.